All right, let's roll the intro officially and then get going. Here we go. All right, so hey everyone, officially, how's it going? Happy Friday. This is the Digital Casual Rundown, and I'm joined by the one and only Paul Play of Edge, as it says clearly on his shirt. Um, how's it going, <laughs> man? Happy Friday. All good. Doing well. Thanks for having me again, Joel. Yeah. Looking forward to some of these topics. Absolutely. Um, I always look forward to double podcast day because I got the Dash podcast immediately after this. And now people have conned me into doing a Twitter space immediately after that. So this is like... 3 to 7 p.m. of like solid shows and it's it's gonna be a little gonna be interesting yeah it'll be fun i can't i save them for fridays i feel like that i love ending my week with some podcasts like i, I think we've pretty much gone on yeah. live on mostly fridays yeah um, it's it's kind of a it's kind of like work but not work at the same time for me it's definitely work because like, i have to like, like host the thing but you know it's like hanging out with friends i know you make it easy for us i just kind of click on a link and just start yammering you know yeah um I mean, I got to like get the camera on and whatnot and some lights. But other than that, you know, you make it easy. So I thank you for that. Well, no problem. It is. It's always a pleasure. And um, if anyone's in my discord, you can go to the digital cash rundown channel and type in some super chat stuff to, to leave stuff in. And so that'll be a good time. But I should, before we get started on the first big topic of stuff, I, I saw something else that I just thought was funny. Um, apparently Robin Hood had when they're listing their crypto assets, they list Bitcoin and Bitcoin cash under a subcategory of Bitcoin family. And just, okay. But okay. The, your prefix with Bitcoin, you, you suddenly get put into the group. With, yeah. You know, but Bitcoin family. it seems like the maxis are losing it over this. There's some people. Oh, tweeting, I'm sure they absolutely. What is this? What is this Robin? Hood? Oh, oh, I know. This? All this All laser eye maxis. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, it's literally a fork of Bitcoin that has Bitcoin in the name. It's not a Bitcoin. I mean, I they should put Doge and they, they, in a way they should put Doge and Dash. And Litecoin, Litecoin should be there, there for sure. Yeah, Litecoin should be there for sure. You know, I mean, hell, while you're at it, just throw BSV. You know, I, do they have you know. BSV on Robinhood though? I don't think they have BSV. That's... I don't know. Like, BSV has been tough, and let's get like a little less crit, like you know, sarcastic and whatnot. Um, mm -hmm. There's like one guy on our team. You know, if he's listening, Sam and I have been, you know, keeping an eye on BSV on a technical front. And I'm close with some of the big promoters, uh, um, you know, Rafael Laverde, obviously, right? And, yeah. You know, he, he was a, a big BSV guy. He, now he's kind of like a medium BSV guy, uh, mainly because Bitcoin suddenly has kind of big blocks, sort of, right? You know, with ordinals and whatnot. Yeah. And I, I value the attempt that the BSV community has been making. I'm not saying mm -hmm. it's passed yet because they're still making attempts at, you know, kind of seeing the, the upper limits of blockchains. Um, yeah, I think it went a little bit too far because we're seeing infrastructure just having trouble keeping up, mm -hmm. right? It's actually hard for us to run, not necessarily nodes and nodes can run. Um, but mm -hmm. typically speaking, when you're when you're uh, wanting to talk to and query blockchains, you just don't want to talk to a raw node, you want to talk to like servers that index the node and provide information out of a database that makes it easy to query, right? Not just blah raw data. And so that's the infrastructure that's that's kind of breaking down these mm -hmm. these databases that index blockchain data on BSV. And so we've actually not had BSV functioning for the past several weeks because of this. Yeah. Um, and so that is, you know, an inherent challenge. Like we don't want to delist BSV. Um, we want the community that builds it to, you know, keep trying what they're doing just so we know what the limitations are now you know i i won't say that i'm going to be super bullish on b i'm not super bullish on bsv but I, I i value the the effort and the attempt you know so um but maybe they went a bit too far i think you know, blocks in the chain are a bit uh, not a bit probably a lot bigger than they should be and and to, yeah. to make a usable definitely usable bigger than they should be at this stage of scaling for the kinds of traffic and user base and the profitability, uh, uh, like for there's for a million things too big. I wouldn't say absolutely too big, but for four million things too big. But I do like that, like for me, BSV and Nano are in similar camps in that hmm. they decided to just optimize for a single variable, I guess. 
and then just like run with it. Like Nano's like instant transactions, yeah, no fees, and then let's see yeah. what happens. And then BSV is like Bitcoin basic model and as big as possible, as much as much big blocks as possible. And yeah. um, as let's such, celebrate when the blocks are gigantic. Like it's actually a party. Let's throw a party when we get yeah. a bigger, bigger, bigger block. But I mean, like filling filling a drive full of data is not hard. Um, it's mm-hmm. not something to necessarily celebrate. The celebration is when mm-hmm. that still allows the the protocol, the network, the apps, the mm-hmm. exchanges to, to still function. Um, then you can celebrate. And I think at the time they were celebrating because yeah, things were kind of still functioning, but it seems to have kind of hit its limit with with current hardware. Like you know, one of the biggest criticisms of Bitcoin is hey, you know, uh, hard hard drive space, SSDs, memory, CPU, and bandwidth have over 10x since Bitcoin launched. Why is the block size? you know, the same, or, you know, arguably with ordinals, you know, why is it four meg um, instead of 10 megs, since we've more than 10 X all of those metrics and compute power. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that's the criticism of Bitcoin on the BSV side. It's like, Hey, we've only increased, you know, um, by 10, 20 X yet you're hundred Xing the size of the block. You know, you're just making it absolutely gigantic. I, I think it's even more than hundred X. Yeah. So, that starts to that that's the opposite side of the criticism where you've exceeded Moore's law, mm-hmm. whereas Bitcoin has ignored Moore's law. And um, I tend to be kind of the middle ground person. I think you've talked to me. I, mm-hmm. You know, I tend to try to sit very center, and it's not a popular opinion because no one's you know you're not you know, no one's a fan of what you have to say. <laughs> you know, even just what I said right now. You know, BSV camp's not going to be happy with what I said. Bitcoin camp's not going to be happy with that with what I said. Um, maybe the Bitcoin cashers would be, you know, because they're kind of in that similar middle ground. Yeah. Um, but by and large, you alienate everybody. But yeah, everything is a balance. Technology, especially, is is a balance. Every you said you can't just tweak for one, mm-hmm. right? Like the Nano community said, let's just make super instant, fast, free transactions and disregard everything else. You you just can't. Yeah, I mean, you can, but it, you have unintended consequences. And what I like about that is others can learn from your unintended consequences, yeah. both positive and, and negative, because there's both. Yeah, ways. that's that's what I appreciate about what BSV has done is, you know, they are trying to push the limits of layer one large block scaling. And they have implemented things to help scale the block, you know, allow nodes to be able to process very large blocks. Mm-hmm. Um, Bitcoin Cash has done that as well. Um, and they've kind of found some limits there. So I appreciate that. Does it mean that it's a you know platform that I would use for my own you know, uh, store value in it. Mm, not mm-hmm. at this point. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, well, yeah, diverged a little bit, but that's fine. We can hit on this first of all the stories, the big one for the day. Um, Binance to delist privacy tokens in France, Italy, Spain, and Poland. Binance users in France, Italy, Spain, and Poland will no longer be able to buy or sell 12 privacy tokens starting June 26th. And some of these uh, tokens are, Monero, Zcash, obviously, but then they included oh, stuff like Decred, Dash, Horizon, Pivx, Navcoin, Secret, Verge, Firo, Beam, and MobileCoin. And that's quite an interesting you know, MobileCoin was a private coin. I mean, I know it's obviously, it's MobileCoin, for those listening, is the coin launched by... Um, or for Signal. Uh, for Signal, correct. Although... I don't recall if it actually had any privacy features in it. And Signal being a very like privacy focused app, you'd make it would make sense if it did, but it'd be like, I forgot whether or not it had any privacy functionality. I'm pretty in sure it. it did. I didn't I never looked into it too it much sense. because like I just knew that so some random coin no one's ever heard of that Signal's like, you gotta pay with this. I just you know, I, I already figured that that was gonna be like Libra or DM or whatever yeah, the yeah. just not gonna go anywhere. But uh yeah. it's kind of an interesting one, co- collection. Yeah, the other ones have at least tiny nuggets of privacy at worst. Um, but Definitely. Like, like Some Dash, cases very tiny. Very tiny. I'm actually really curious. Um, you're very, very closely tied within the Dash ecosystem. And I know a lot of people, and we implement Dash, obviously. So, mm-hmm. um, But I don't know of many people using Dash with its privacy functionality. Mm. And to my understanding, its privacy functionality is no, has nothing to do with the coin itself um, and the protocol, but primarily it's a wallet feature. Which is kind of the same thing as saying that Bitcoin's a privacy coin because you can use CoinJoin. And do correct me if I'm wrong. I do want to make sure I'm, mm-hmm. I'm stating facts here as opposed to just like what I, I recall. Yeah. And so it's only coin mixing, to my understanding, is what Dash offers, and that is not at the protocol level. Maybe I think the master nodes might yes. help coordinate the coin mixing. 
Is that yes, correct? there's a few things that make it as part of the protocol. Um, it's you know largely a coin joint implementation. However, it's coordinated by different master owned quorums, so it's you know much harder to it's it, all right. Get down. Yeah. So it's and there's an interesting yeah. feature where um, mixing transactions are like zero fee, meaning you're not like for example, if you're trying to do a big mix with something like the Whirlpool with uh, on Bitcoin. Then you're going to be spending those awful transaction fees to you know mix whereas the actual mixing fees themselves are kind of discounted Great. at the protocol level and mm -hmm. also one of the big problems with coin join is you have doxic change which a lot of wallets kind of have ways of like sequestering but in dash that when you use private dash transactions there's no all the change gets burned all of it gets spent so you have no like leftover change to kind of compromise your stuff so it's kind of like an advanced uh, coin join kind of thing that oh, does have some protocol okay. level I'll kind of improvements. That and that nugget you... of the fact that the uh, the master nodes coordinated, then I'm like, okay, it's I would call it at the protocol level then. Yes, and Decred have recently, like last couple of years, implementing implemented a coin join plus plus as they call it, a coin join implementation at the. I don't remember exactly what at the protocol level helps, but I do think that they have some sort of a protocol run node that coordinates everything or something like that but there's some okay. core it, it's in the core wallet and it's some base protocol level thing obviously you got like zcash uh, no no further explanation required um horizon as far as i know i don't know if they did yet or they're going to remove privacy from the the base layer and only do that on their side chains in which case if they did that then it wouldn't make sense Pivx, of course, has you know, zero knowledge proofs. Never, I barely ever heard Navcoin mentioned, so I know nothing about it. Yeah, I don't know anything about Secret Navcoin either. Makes sense. Verge is hilarious. Oh, Secret's like the actually funny. Yeah. Secret, if anything, is the one that government should allow mm -hmm. because it basically has a backdoor. It's it's the government's um, like effective dream privacy coin. It's much like the internet and encryption back in the nineties when you know encryption was getting widespread and the government wanted to ban it unless you put a backdoor into the encryption implementations that was the condition by which they were going to allow it or at least that was a proposal you mm -hmm. know that at least the u.s government was pushing um and secret is effectively that you know i'm sorry for any of you guys that have secret and are big fans of it but it has a major major um kind of vulnerability backdoor that compromises its privacy and basically <laughs> intel themselves could know every single transaction on the network. Yeah, like if they it's got a to. secret Intel back door. Yeah, oh. yep, exactly. That's what's so secret about it is that it's got a secret back door. And then Intel could be compromised by the government and say, please Intel, run yeah. this node that lets us see every single transaction on the network and all the addresses and blah, blah, blah. And Intel could. So it's ironically the one that they probably shouldn't ban if they want to catch the bad guys, you know, quote unquote, catch the bad guys that happen to be using secret network of which I'm pretty sure there are none. Mm -hmm. um, like, and so um, anyway, yeah, getting back to your list, secret, eh, not not one of the, the better privacy coins. Yeah, but then skip it, just skip it to Firo, which, you know, does have some pretty good privacy, yeah. right? Yeah. Beam, which, Beam, which has Mimblewimble, as far as I know, it also uses Lelantis that Firo kind of, um, it kind of is a dual system. And then Monero, obviously, and then Mobilecoin, probably. But now I'll go back to Verge. So as far as I'm able to know, Verge started branded as Dogecoin Dark. That was it's a Doge fork, mm. and as okay. far as I know, it has no transaction graph privacy. Only the only privacy um, improvement from what I've heard. Again, I haven't done a deep dive. If there's some Verge maxis out there, please let me know. But as far as I know, it's just like IP address obfuscation type things when broadcasting transactions. But it, which is definitely not protocol level at all. Any wallet can implement IP address obfuscation. Yeah, um, it's. But yeah, as far as I know, there's literally no transaction graph. Like if you send, if I send Verge from me to you, everyone can see it, just like any, just like Dogecoin. So right, right. It, it's hilarious because Verge came out of sort of nowhere to pump when it got added. I believe to Pornhub. That was or was it Pornhub? It was one of those those adult sites. And the funny thing is, Verge is is kind of a. It's a French word for, you know, a naughty bit. And so it's kind <laughs> of like it's the biggest it's the biggest joke on this whole thing and the fact that it's just still around in this 
privacy context. And it got banned. (laughs) Yeah. But what do you, so based on this collection of things, what do you think are the criteria they're using to kind of ban these things? And because it doesn't really make sense, right? I think it's some guy within, they they consulted some cryptocurrency um, quote unquote expert and gathered a list of what they deemed are popular enough coins to be remotely recognizable to the community that have any nugget of privacy, any small little nugget of privacy preserving pieces, generally speaking at the protocol level, right? Although, like you said, verge barely. Mm. Um, And I don't think anyone's going and looking deep into the actual protocol, what it does. It's, uh, It's a coin that has or had provided some type of uh, marketing around privacy seems to be the uh, seems to be what really was was done. Like I don't think anyone any, did any technical deep dives into white papers or actual source code. It's probably more around the marketing, mm. um, what it seems to be. Interesting thing that I like to ask is what's the ramification of this? Like, like what do we think this is going to do to kind of the grander crypto ecosystem, privacy coins in general? Um, and as we many, as we've said many times, like what happens when things generally get banned? Do they become, um, in some ways, more valuable, or does the banning actually work? And it just kind yeah. of pushes. I mean, it tends out to work because, like, no one can get drugs anymore. <laughs> yeah, no one can. I've <laughs> definitely never had access to a drug that was banned. Um, yeah. You know, so. <laughs> yeah, and it doesn't cause society to get more violent in any way, shape, or form either. So, as far as drugs, but um, one. Uh, interesting ramification of this um because this is remember it's not specifically that hey the reason why we're talking about this isn't that the eu is kind of banned privacy coins is that binance delisted them right yes due in to regulatory EU concerns countries. in certain eu countries which is probably a, a reaction to you know rightfully so eu regulations um but you know i think you you led with this and i think a tweet that you put out there joel that this really just drives people into oh, solutions goodness. that, you know, generally speaking, cannot get banned. Oh, is this um, is it time for the it's time for the tweet? Here we go. Let me put, let me put that up. Uh, Where's that tweet? Right, you got to put it. Yeah, up on there the we screen. go. Now it's up on the screen. So it said basically just there's an an, a, um, an announcement of this, and I retweeted it and said stuff like this is why I view Thorchain and the Maya Protocol and any other workable decks as crucial to crypto survival. Right. Yeah, we definitely need these these decks is up and running and. More importantly, now, as it starts to get more hostile, we'll need the DEXs to be um, far more distributed. And I think even the team over at Thorchain knows that, I mean, like, they're not quite as quote unquote decentralized or distributed as needed to be to be far more resistant to government takedown. Um, and mm-hmm. I'd probably agree with that. Understanding like we implemented Thorchain, we understand what it took to implement Thorchain, we understand what kind of infrastructure was um, necessary, or at least what kind of infrastructure was needed to make it far, far easier to get implemented. And yeah, there's some centralized infrastructure in that. Um, and so um, both the foundation of Thorchain, its developers, and then also Nine Realms, which is a key for-profit mm-hmm. company, um, are pretty key pieces of the infrastructure of Thorchain. And until we get other companies and entities and individuals kind of running infrastructure, um, it probably won't be a truly, truly hardened enough to resist a government takedown, or at least a government temporary takedown where the protocol is still running, but maybe you don't really have any apps being able to access the network, right? Mm. That, that I think is uh, one of those key things. You need enough different apps and, and different people running infrastructure where the government doesn't even bother. They're like, well, we could try, but we're only gonna cut off one head of the 100 head Hydra, right? Um, that's the end goal. So we need that as well. In addition to your tweet, mm-hmm. we need those, those DEXs to be far more distributed you know, decentralized yeah. than they currently are. We need them to fulfill their original mission. And someone, when I mentioned yeah. these two, uh, chimed in something about the incognito incognito chain, which also lets you kind of swap stuff like that. Like, why don't you mention that more often? And my answer was, first of all, it's technically not 100% cross-chain because it's it's like a CryptoNote-based thing so it basically uses monero style you know decoy privacy but you in order to swap say dash for zcash i'd have to wrap it and then get a, a wrap token and then unwrap it so i'd have to swap dash for p dash swap p dash for p zec 
and then unwrap Ooh. the P Zek and get real Zek out the other side. So because is of the wrapper, a centralized wrapper, or is it? No, I mean it's the it, their own network, right? It's their own like Monero forked type thing. Um, and I believe they're uh, the bridges from you know the asset to the wrapped asset or whatever. I can't remember if they were fully. Tr I think some of them were trusted and some of them were not trusted, but. I know that they're they're working on this concept of progressive sort of decentralization, where in the beginning, like the the core team ran like about like half the nodes, and then with each like iteration, it's just like now that's protocol level. By the way, it's not just the core team happens yeah. to run a bunch. It's like core team like half are run by core team, half are by anyone, and then with each progressive version, they've done like a smaller portion is explicitly centralized. But because of that, it, like as we mentioned, like. I think that Thorchain is, you know, structurally fully decentralized, just in practice, maybe not yet. Yeah, and no, so exactly. All protocols are very decentralized. Just about every protocol. It's just, mm -hmm. are they almost, not all, but most are very decentralized at the protocol level, but just not at the current state of the network. Like, what is mm -hmm. the current state of the network? How decentralized is it? And that's true also of Bitcoin when it launched for the first couple of years. Yes. You know, Satoshi was a lot of the nodes he was 100 percent of the miners on day one and you know that's going to be true of a lot of other uh, a lot of other currencies one could argue that many of the um currencies are actually more decentralized in a shorter period of time than bitcoin was probably there's more interest to... there's more interest yeah. in you know, everyone's heard of these cryptos and everyone's like oh my god it's a hot new crypto let me go and mine it let me go and you know be a validator whereas when bitcoin launched nobody had their eyes on it right and so yeah the, uh, I, I think the you know, once again the laser-eyed maxis probably have to give a bit be a bit more forgiving for chains that are fairly new. Um, and mm -hmm. yeah, you're right; they're not as decentralized as Bitcoin. Fair enough. But if given say five years time, they're worse off than Bitcoin was in five years. Now we've got something to complain about. Like, okay, well maybe you're just you're not attracting yeah. interest into your infrastructure. And by the way, um, in the YouTube live chat, Archer Bullseye chimed mm. in. He says, yes, that's correct. Incognito is slowly moving over to all untrusted bridges, but I think some are still trusted. So, mm. Okay, cool. Yeah, uh, I see Archer also uh, was earlier on laughing about BSV, and I get it. <laughs> yeah, It's easy to laugh at. <laughs> yeah, there's that's always you know, stuff to go around. But as far as like the Dex thing, that does kind of bring up an interesting um, sort of talking point about, um, I remember when it was a tornado cash incident, which by the way, um, I was happy to see, um, Alex Pertsev in person out of jail saw, like, right. a couple of weeks ago at uh, ETH dam. I uh, hope his right. case goes well, fingers crossed. But, uh, because of that, I remember Thorchain got re a lot of the Thorchain community got really cold feet about yeah. listing anything that could be considered a privacy coin. And th it ended up being not like, not as much kind of a little much ado about nothing and but at the end of the day there's still this idea that we need to decentralize before we're too risky with this we'll have other protocols and that's why i still hear i hear a lot of like the thorchain people talking a lot about bare metal oh we got to run bare metal nodes like we got to run like not like, like not aws yeah not that kind yeah. of stuff it which is is great which is great and yeah so as far expensive, as like expensive it's tough do decks cheaper in the long run expensive in the short term of course, uh, but it's like, do DEXs solve the problem of of these kinds of delistings? And so, in the, in the immediate case of Thorchain, no. In the case of the Maya protocol, like as of today, also no. As of hopefully in a, week in a few or in a couple yeah. of days, then you'll have Dash on there, which is one of the less, I would say, of of that list. By the way, probably in. You know, the least private, <laughs> not necessarily, but not, I mean, definitely not the far from the bottom of that weird list. But as far as the ones people, you know, people think Zcash, Monero, and then like Firo right. and other things like that, that are right. very, very much like that's their primary purpose. And so you like kind of get to be that private, in. able to be, I mean, I guess the way I, if for those of you listening, mm -hmm. understanding like, you know, how are we rating the privacy of these coins? I think mm -hmm. there's like a, a general set of features that aim to privatize, I guess you could say, you know, make private a part of the transactions and balances. Mm -hmm. And at the very high end, Z Zcash, Monero, Firo, they, pri they make private the recipient address 
right? Like mm -hmm. when you, if you're using the private mode of these coins, obviously Monero is private by default, so you're always using it. Zcash and Firo, you know, could be private, you know, but um, they make private the recipient address using a technology called stealth addresses. They make private the the sender uh, addresses using either like coin joint ish things like mixing and whatnot. Um, and then they actually make private the amounts. Mm -hmm. All right. So like all three combined make for insane level of privacy. And I think that's what people generally think of when they think of a privacy coin. Um, Dash, on the other hand, only makes the source of funds private through the mixing. But at the end of the day, when you send a transaction, you kind of still see, you know, who received the funds. You see the address of who you received it to. Now you can just mix your funds ahead of time. So therefore, you know, where, where your funds really were um, becomes obfuscated. Uh, that's really what CoinJoin gives you. And you can see how much is being sent. Um, and from what I can tell, it's really kind of those two categories is what we primarily see. It's full, all three features enabled, mm -hmm. or primarily just CoinJoin and by and large, nothing else. Yeah. Um, there was at one point you said there was IP address level privacy, which is basically you connect to Tor, mm -hmm. you know, maybe Tor and you plus you can a run VPN. a lot of things over Tor. You know, oh, exactly. Like you can run pretty much everything over Tor. Yeah, definitely every cryptocurrency that I'm aware of can run over Tor. And so mm -hmm. Tor, maybe Tor plus a VPN gives you basically IP address level privacy. It has nothing to do with the protocol. Um, and so getting back to what were we talking about, like the uh, the, the delisting. Yeah, about um, the DEXs. And the, no, the DEXs and what they're supporting. Give, first of all, one thing that's conspicuously list, missing from that list is Litecoin. Because Litecoin has Mimblewimble extension blocks which True. from my understanding again i have to go a lot deeper of dive on this but i would call litecoin a significantly more of a privacy coin than decred right because yeah decred sure. has a as far as i'm aware has a much more simple coin giant implementation coin giant. at least at least as far as like the protocol is concerned whereas it's just the one of the three it's just coin yeah. join but because thing. it said something but because they they talked about adding that a lot and Mimblewimble is sort of like a side, like it must be a branding marketing kind of thing that got that or because I don't know why else, or maybe it was, well, we know Dash is a privacy coin because of dark coin. Therefore, right. oh, Decred does the same. So I don't know what the thinking is that excluded Litecoin, but um, where Decred does come into this is some of the Decred developers build this, they call Decred Dex, which as far as I know is going to be rebranded at some point, but it's just like an atomic Dex, right? And the like atomic swaps yeah that kind of thing and the Ugh. and the atomic it's, it's not quite as smooth as what we're used to terrible ux atomic swaps suck they're just yeah they're not for production use they're for people to tinker and you go oh that's cute we swapped you know yeah. I, I swapped them dash for decred nice but, well you're, you're going to trigger a lot of people by saying that but that's fine yeah truth is i already truth. have but, but, yeah but so decred is kind of you on the decred decks you can swap Zcash for Decred for for Monero, and I think they're working on Dash too. And so, yeah, if you're into that, you can kind of do that. Um, as far as I know, um, the Atomic Dex by Komodo, which I think I, I don't really keep up too closely with that, but they might be trying to implement some like AMM features. But as hmm. far as I know, last I remember chatting with uh, yeah, last I remember chatting with the uh, Atomic Dex folks, they. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they were entirely atomic swaps. Um, Probably. And so still. AMM features would be a complete departure from from atomic swaps, is my understanding. Which would be great if they wanted to implement that. But then you're you're basically going down the path of a Thorchain. Yeah. At that point. Which I think um, everyone. Will I haven't have seen. <laughs> I haven't seen any proposals for a a cross chain dex. There's really they fall into two camps that I've seen. Pretty much an AMM dex like Thorchain, similar to maybe slightly different architecture underneath. Um, you know, tweaking some knobs and dials, but not vastly different, or it's atomic swaps. Those are the only two I've ever heard. And atomic swaps, you know, not a single one has seen the light of day with any level of liquidity or utility because of the user experience. Um, and I'm, I'm totally fine with, with people creating new versions of like a, a Thorchain. Um, and there are some, you know, coming out built by, you know, people in like the Monero community, um, and so I, th I think it's a, a valiant attempt. And you know, I like the fact that my protocol exists because they're able to support more chains. You know, mm -hmm. our chain nodes can only support running so many nodes of, of various protocols. So it, it actually is an interesting way of scaling Thorchain by just running a completely separate network 
that has different chains. Now, if you want to go from some small chain on Thorchain to some small chain on Maya, it's two hops, right? And you're not going to be able to do a single swap, but at least it's possible. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not unlike it's not unlike a lot of fully centralized order matching exchanges uh, like Binance, where you don't have every single pair in the world. All right, you still have to do a couple hops, and and so that's fair, and it still gives us a you know, more self-sovereign a distributed and a self-custody way of getting into and out of the various privacy coins and coins in general. Yeah, of course. Well, that's the, um, when you have DEXs like this, it seems like for the, the masses, you got to on-ramp somehow to crypto. You got to buy it. And so you could buy, let's just say, a Litecoin or a Bitcoin or something like that. But then all the bands, juicy assets, you know, you can just go plug into whatever your favorite DEX front end and go get it that way. And, oh, you can't do it in, you know, Latvia. We'll turn on your VPN. And then guess what? You're in Mexico. Bam. There you go. You just got it. And so it's, it is gonna, going to kind of, um, the thing that annoys me about these sorts of dualistics, other than FUD, it's FUD and FUDs affects markets, et cetera, whatever. The only thing that annoys me is that it makes it harder for, like, businesses to, accept and use them in commerce right because it's like yeah. if you're the local like you know belgian fry stand or whatever and you want to start taking zcash like well how are you going to go sell that for things unless you have some sort of like an automated thing where it just auto swaps via Thorchain to something else which auto sends to your kraken account which has a an auto bot that like you know, it just becomes a little bit more more tricky for that kind of stuff to happen, and then it kind of like reduces the network effects of those cryptocurrencies for uh, white market commerce. So th- you're right; it does do that. But I think as Dex has become much more highly liquid, much more efficient, that's okay. Because once, if you're trying to sell your crypto into fiat, you're basically doxing your fiat, or you're doxing the fact mm-hmm. that you all that you have this uh, you know rough dollar fiat value um, that you're putting into a bank. So it going through a kind of transparent cryptocurrency is fine because who cares that you haven't really lost any additional privacy. Um, and I'm all for, you know, building systems that can obfuscate that additional layer that's needed. Like if I have to receive Monero and then in order for me to go and get it in the fiat, well, it just gets kind of behind the scenes swapped into Bitcoin or ETH or even USDC for Christ's sake. Right. And then it goes mm-hmm. into a bank account. Um, that's entirely fine. And, and I, I'm excited that the DEX actually could make that a much more seamless experience. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, one that yeah. doesn't require the liquidity of a centralized party, like, uh, like a, you know, once again, I, I love these companies, they've been amazing for us, but doesn't require the decision, human decision-making process of an instant swap exchange, such as like a Change Now or Changely, you know, Godex and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And so, so be it, bring it, you know, we'll, you, you, you want to, force people to have to go through the transparent we can still enable the you know the 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 more private coins to be utilized in commerce i mean they'd have to fully ban not just the exchanges but say like you cannot hold and you cannot send privacy coins in a country before then a merchant says okay well then all right then i absolutely can't Uh, but otherwise Mm -hmm. we can build tools around it yeah absolutely well about the privacy thing might as well hit on the um the monero thing because that was interesting so here I'm sharing this thread by Anon Industries, which is uh, a company that lets you buy stuff privately, but also is a very pro Monero account, a very like Monero first kind of thing. Anyway, there's a privacy bug in Monero for the last three years, how blah, blah, blah. Basically, there was a decoy selection bug. And of course, this, this thread goes into a lot of detail on exactly how everything works, but it says... Um, more specifically, this is a bug in RingCT's decoy selection code that made it ignore 10 block old decoys. And so basically, yeah, there was a certain the amount decoys of- decoys were very recent. Yes, and it says the total amount of transactions that suffered from this bug was around two to 6% over the last couple of years. And so, yeah, and so people who spend their Monero as soon as they were able to, let's say if you waited 11 blocks instead of 10, you weren't affected too much, for example. But so, yeah, there's been a bunch of these kinds of things that have sort of happened over a longer period of time with Monero. I kind of sort of lost count of how many of these. um, There were a few where, for example, if you used 
the, there was a while where I think 30, it was like a 30 to 40% chance that the first decoy that was used, the first transaction would be the real one and not a decoy, for example. Then there was another one with, if you respent your funds immediately, then the then instantly the first one would be the real transaction, et cetera. And there was like a bunch of like little parameters yeah. and then bugs that have been kind of fixed over time. And yeah, this is just kind of like the latest one that got, that got patched and hopefully things are a lot better. But before I go into a little mini rant, I'd like to hear your take on this whole thing. So I just came from Monerotopia. I got to hear mm -hmm. like panels with actual Monero core developers and their thoughts and, you know, the history of Monero, what changes have been made and what are upcoming. Mm -hmm. And one of the biggest topics of conversation was what they're calling, I think, um, full, uh, full anonymity based on the full participant anon um, anonymity, which means that the decoy set is basically everybody that is using Monero, which is basically Zcash, basically introducing ZK snarks into Monero. Mm -hmm. Um, and one of the biggest complaints, like when they actually had this question for the core devs, what's the, what was the most annoying and most challenging thing that you worked on in Monero? And I think of the five people on stage, two people said decoy selection, <laughs> like they yeah. specifically said that it is, they said it's super tricky. It's error prone. There's not a great answer. You know, it's always like, you're just kind of trying to figure out what's the best, but there's not like an algorithm that you just simply follow and you know, it's the best, right? Mm -hmm. You're just trying to hide inside of the haystack. And so they've recognized this as being a biggest, uh, one of the biggest challenges. And hence it actually is one of the biggest reasons why they're pushing for, you know, full set anonymity, which is effectively a ZK snarks or, you know, Starks, um, but Zcash level privacy and it is coming. And that's probably what now mm -hmm. excites me is that it, it definitely is coming. It does require some more drastic changes. One of the changes that I think they had talked about is that people will have to now have new addresses. Mm -hmm. Like, are, are they going to be able to, there was, I think, a way for them to roll out the change and not require new addresses, but require a huge, huge set of changes that could be put at, um, kind of categorized as very high risk. Mm -hmm. Or they could just kind of, you know, rip the Band-Aid and just say, okay, well, sorry, you're going to need new addresses now, right? Um, and so what, is, what do I take out of this? Yes, it's one of the hardest problems to solve this decoy selection and do it correctly and, you know, not have any, you know, exploit leaks inside of it. Um, but it's not a team, like Monero team specifically, it's not a team that just says, eh, it's still pretty good. Eh, you know, uh, mm -hmm. uh, deal with it. You know, it's still, you know, we still, we, we still haven't had massive, you know, discoveries of, of people and, and their transactions getting found by the government and whatnot. They're, they're not looking at it as like something to brush under the table. Instead of looking at something to fix, they, they accept and understand that it's complex code that they don't like. They don't like having to write um, and they know it could have issues. Um, and I'm very excited about the roadmap for Monero. I'll be honest, like I, after going to Monerotopia um, and hats off to the organizers, Doug Tuman and his wife for, for running the show. Um, great, small, but, but great event because you get to talk to these, these people kind of one-on-one -on -one in person. Um, super excited about the roadmap on multiple fronts. One, that front, the fact that they are heavily pushing for full set anonymity. Um, and then two, something that isn't talked about much in, in the privacy space, which is the, the ability to make um, highly private, uh, a highly private protocol. It's actually very usable on light client devices. So mm. uh, if you use Zcash, you know, it, it sounds like oh, you yeah. do use Zcash for a while. Um, I'm guessing you're not running a full node and hitting command line commands to send out your Zcash, or maybe you are. No, you know? but I'm also right. not using Edge either, unfortunately. <laughs> well, Edge is completely is useless with Zcash right now. Yeah. Right? It, it just completely doesn't work. It, and that is the heart of the, the problem I'm mentioning is that um, most privacy coins, like you don't know what transaction is yours on the chain. So what do you have to do? You have to scan the whole chain. Mm -hmm. And there's a way, there's ways to compress the chain. Zcash compresses the blocks into what they call compact blocks, but you still have to go and get the compact blocks. And if you've been offline for a week, you know what Zcash is, uh, I think it's two, is it two minute block time? Or it's actually, one no, it's like Bitcoin. One and a quarter. Block. It's one and, one and a quarter. quarter. So one and a quarter minute block time, do the math. That's how many compact blocks you then have to download you know, uh, over the course of a week of being offline. And then it's very complex cryptography to then go and take the compact block, determine you have a transaction in there, then grab the full transaction, you know, uh, off a, a full block, 
all of that just takes time. Monero has a similar issue, no question about it. Mm -hmm. um, but there's what I call a balance of compromise of a little bit of privacy to make it usable. Um, the My Monero team kind of kind of created that that first initiative with the My Monero API, where you give up um, the known input amounts to your transactions, mm. but you don't have to sync. You don't have to see every single block. A node, a server can determine what transactions are yours. And then now, what what is exci what excites me about the roadmap for Monero is they're now coming out with a a feature, and I think it's the next hard fork slated for Q3, Q4, where you won't even have to give up a view key anymore. Mm. You won't have to give up knowledge of the input amounts that go into your wallet. Now you just share what is kind of like an address, mm -hmm. right? It's kind of like an address. It's a tag. You share that with a server and the server can send up your fully encrypted transactions with no knowledge of what's in those transactions. No idea where they, what are the source inputs? What are the outputs, the amounts, what addresses you're sending to or receiving from? That to me is the holy grail of privacy and usability. And I've been pushing for things like that within other privacy coins, you know, Pirate Chain, mm -hmm. Zcash and whatnot. And it doesn't seem like it's anywhere even close to being on the roadmap. Um, but of course, you know, when one leads the effort, others will follow. But it's exciting to see the, the Monero core team kind of leading on that effort from both the usability and privacy point of view. And really, you know, there's, there's compromise there. But I think the compromise for what they'll have in maybe a year or two will be unbeatable. Like that's the best you can get, right? No stick yeah. time, instant, you know, discovery of your transactions, fast sends, and there's no server that knows anything about your, it'll know what transactions are yours and, and nothing else. Mm. That's it. But who cares if you know what transaction is yours if you can't tell what the hell's in it? Yeah, of course. Right? And so um, just wanted to give you, I know I went on a bit of a, a rant and soapbox about the importance of that. But that's what makes me excited about the roadmap for Monero, even though, right, this whole discussion came about because, yeah, their decoy selection, suboptimal yeah. had exploits in the past, but they're looking at improving it. Um, they've got a good roadmap for it. Um, so I'm very excited about that. At the point that they have like ZK Snarks and they have these these view tags, mm -hmm. I don't know what's left to, to say. Like what's there left that would put them um, behind any other chain? As yeah. far as uh, privacy usability is concerned. I guess we'll see when it gets um, implemented. Um, Monero is right. almost 10 years old, I guess, with, you know, getting up to the yeah. 10 years old. And for yeah. the entirety of this time is, to my knowledge, has been using the, the decoy model. And yeah. the decoy model just, I mean, I, I it's like, it's, I'm just trying to think of like I was hiding from like a state level actor and every single time one of these bugs has cropped up over the years as the Monero devs have uh, rightfully lamented the most, the selection model has been the most annoying part of that. I can just imagine my anxiety going through the roof of like, oh no, um, because of just the amount of data that gets you know leaked by using it, even though it is obfuscated. And it's kind of, I've kind of been like watching this kind of thing for from afar a little bit over the last many years, but I do remember when Zcash was created a lot of, and the one thing I think is really interesting with cryptos is when you're talking developer versus developer, there's very much like, I guess, agreement and like, there's just, there's like, there's not a lot of conflict there. Cause it's like you know, men, men and women of science, right? People who are just working at their best at these kinds of problems and acknowledging this and that, blah, blah, blah. But then there was just a giant community battle where, you know, there's just a lot of like mudslinging kind of, it's gone a lot on kind of both sides. And um, it's kind of interesting to, to see kind of where this is going, where it's all going, all roads lead to zero knowledge as, you know, the, the, the wow. privacy gold standard kind of there. Yeah. Yep. I mean, Zcash obviously led that effort. They took, mm -hmm. at the time that Zcash was founded and at the time that Zcash launched, um, to my knowledge, there was no implementation of zero knowledge proofs other than in research papers. And so they took research papers and actually turned it into a cryptocurrency. And mm -hmm. so you got to give them credit for that, you know, and yeah. for better or worse, though, the cryptocurrency space mandates basically open source and, and visibility. And so those ideas can get taken and used in other protocols. And you know, 
Monero now has the freedom to be able to take some of those ideas and utilize it inside of their protocol. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's, it keeps you about as honest and as innovative as you possibly could be because you constantly have to innovate. Or you mm -hmm. can't ride on your laurels. That's what I love about open source. You can't yeah. just sit there and go, let me just put a 20 year a... patent on it. And all those Zcash did put a patent, well, <laughs> unfortunately, which is highly, highly criticized the, um, for them yeah, having I, done that. I don't but, think that's going to last, honestly, the, the bootstrap yeah. license thingy. But it's, it's kind of interesting because you got, um, first of all, a lot of people have criticized the, the dev fund idea, like Blackroad's going towards a developer fund. And, you know, it, it is what it is. I don't I'm fine with that. It. it is what it is. Like, I don't, I don't it, really think it's that's It's funny because a lot of the business. same critics then end up implementing the technology that a different chain's dev fund kind of did. So we need one overall. It's like the science project. But also, as you mentioned, it's not about, it's not enough to just come up with something cool. You got to take it to market. And yeah. what I think is relatively unquestionable at this point is in the privacy focused space. Monero's had the best success in taking the pro the end product to market. It's so yeah. it's, it's kind of like, like well, it's the develop... only privacy by default point. And that's the biggest criticism I've given to a lot of other privacy based projects. But but not just that, that to get it, adoption out there, to get used in services, to get things like that. And so when you um, I don't think they did that much of an effort though, did they? Like who's I, they I even in, in the Monero community? Like and, and community. what do they do to get it to get it? <laughs> adopted it's just and it's just broad community there's not mm -hmm. an entity there's not a hardcore entity behind it and i think the reason why the community did adopt it for actual use in mm -hmm. goods and services is because it is private and private by default and it's usable it has usable yeah. options so you know like my monero made it very very usable for people that are like okay i'm okay with this view key compromise mm -hmm. i can but it's a, it becomes a usable currency and i think the like pirate chain zcash and many of the other the, many of the others um, weren't willing to make what I call like that necessary compromise. And in the crypt, in the kind of cypherpunk movement, there's been a list of technologies that don't get adopted because of the classic, you know, uh, they let, um, they let perfect be enemy of, of the good, right? They just wanted it to be absolutely perfect. Um, and there was no way to do that without uh, major, major usability compromises. So we didn't even get the good. The internet is an example of that. Email is an example of that. And we have no, encrypt, no, no encrypted standards of email. And that's because people you know, wouldn't, couldn't agree on how to do the public key sharing, mm -hmm. right? Um, the best example of what we did get adopted was SSL. Now we could have typically done SSL, in an, we could have an email in an SSL fashion and we could have had encrypted email, right? SSL took on the compromise. They said, okay, we're gonna have these kind of trusted pub key servers um, and you'll trust them at least in the public key sharing, but they're not going to hold your private key, right? That private key means you're fully encrypted when you're talking to that, to that server. And so I'm, I'm a firm believer in finding that balance and most coins hadn't. And I feel like Monero is the closest to finding that balance. doesn't mean the other ones can't get there. I think Litecoin is actually on an interesting, really good track on getting the, the usability figured out. Um, one of the biggest problems with Mimblewimble, I think the reason why all the Mimblewimble coins have absolutely died is user experience. If people aren't aware, in order for you to send and receive a Mimblewimble, Mimblewimble transaction on either Beam or Grin, mm -hmm. uh, the sender has to be online at the same time that the recipient has to be online, and they have yeah. to figure out how to send this packet, not on a chain, but in some weird side channel over to the recipient, and then it has to then come back and forth a few times, and then it goes to the quote-unquote chain, and, and then now you've received the money. Um, so that's what's called an interactive protocol, and it's a real pain in the butt. It's one of the biggest challenges for lightning uh, adoption for peer-to-peer -peer payments Absolutely. other than peer merchant. right? Peer-to-merchant is fine because the merchant's always online, um, but peer-to-peer -peer is a big challenge for lightning, although they do have interesting proposals that will fix that. Um, now, Mimblewimble, getting back to Litecoin, um, David Burkett has proposed something that the math is above my head. I can't attest to this. So smarter people than me can look at his proposal, a proposal that fixes Mimblewimble to make it non-interactive, meaning you can just simply have an address, you go offline, someone can send money to it and boom, you're done. Um, if he's truly succeeded with that, they have a, a golden ticket to once again, amazing level of privacy um, and usability. Well, they do still have this one flaw. It's the flaw that Zcash, Firo, you know, Pirate Chain have, which is it's not by default. Right. You have to explicitly go and use the M web 
um, balance that you have that's separate from your Litecoin balance. Um, I think that can hinder adoption pretty drastically and especially hinder adoption by people that really, really care about privacy. So if they can move to a fully MWeb you know, ecosystem and effectively deprecate the, the standard transparent transactions, now they're on the track of Monero. And this is basically me giving you a five minute answer to, you know, how did Monero get such broad adoption? Yeah. Usable, privacy by default. Yeah. Those two things. Like you get those, I feel like you're, and plus it was the first, right? I'd, so argue, first, I'd, I'd, I'd even argue default. those two are the same thing, right? Is that by default, those kind of necessarily have to, you can do privacy by default, but you got, you can do privacy by default, but you got to run a command line to send and receive your transactions. Well, um, and you have to sync the entire chain you know. and read full blocks and not even have compact blocks. And then you die. No one's going to use you. Right. So they, they found mm -hmm. the balance of both. Um, and that's a key piece that I'm hoping other privacy coins start to adopt and see like, Hey, why was Monero successful? If you mm -hmm. take those two things, I fundamentally believe those are the two two reasons. Yeah, those other chains start to adopt it, then I think we're on a, on a good track. Anyway, we're we're over yeah. on time. You got to go to another podcast, right? Yep, absolutely. So All right, right cool. now it's, I actually it, work it's then, still a clock. Still your stuff. Where do, where do you want to send people? Uh, where do you send people Twitter, uh, into the land of privacy? You know, you guys go get privacy coins. You go use them. Go use Signal. Um, all right, keep yourself not docs for the stuff you don't care about doxing how do you do that mm -hmm. um i still like signal even though mobile coin and of course i do like using privacy coins on edge with the exception of zcash because you know we have Got we need an updated software development kit from the ecc team which they are building mm -hmm. um so for now monero on there um so yeah people check it out edge.app you can follow us uh on twitter i think a little bit on instagram mainly on twitter go to our website i'm on twitter as well at pollinator with two l's although I mostly just lurk occasionally post here and there, you know, especially when something's upcoming, like a podcast with Joel. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, thanks very much for being on dash Plus podcast next. Otherwise see you guys cool. next week. Peace.